commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Combat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your Hornet News shows the in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a special edition of Fistful of Basca. Episode 8, Redemption. Now we're host Ben Grant and Adam to discuss. Thank you, Grex. Oh my goodness, yeah. the hits keep coming, right? I get two finales in two weeks. Um, yeah, what a week! What? Yeah, what? What a week indeed. And um, this was, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I waited for this one for thirty years, just like the last one. But uh, yeah, what a um, what a great episode. What'd you all think about this uh, this here finale? Uh, all I can tell you guys is, you know, all those IG Eleven uh, toys that are just hanging on the shelf right now. Yeah, yeah. Those are going to disappear mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big Taika that was a standout episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Great Taika. Like, I forgot it was Taika Waititi again until the end. It was like, I think they're the first name on the credits. And I was like, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he directed it, too. Um, I, I was reminded it was Taika Waititi about 10 seconds into the, the episode. Um, yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Like, I think I think his the, the fact that there's five minutes of banter between scout troopers, oh. um, <laughs> which I loved, is so Taika, but then he does what he does with Ragnarok, right? Like, he's able to have those, like, really funny, strange, weird moments, but still have this, like, giant blockbuster and uh, with emotional resonance in it. And I think, like, that's kind of at the core of Star Wars. Like, Taika, in a weird way, I think, gets Star Wars really well. Yeah, that, that, that scene, scene was incredible. Yeah, I, and I, I felt that was, like, it was such a shock. It was not at all what I was expecting. I mean, they did a lot of very predictable things in this episode, if you kind of look yes. at a step yeah. back. But, like, that was not one of them. I was, you know, I was like, oh, we're, we're picked up right here. And it was just, like... He played on so many fun fan service tropes. I mean, the like target practice was hilarious. Oh man! Uh, so, uh, just uh, that yeah. scene breathes too. That scene breathes like a, like a Coen Brothers, you know, film or like oh, uh, yeah. like Scorsese. Yeah. And and but when when Taika's when you see a Taika scene, you know it's going to end in just comedic joy. And uh, <laughs> it, it was it was an incredible scene. And yeah, when shaking the blaster and it sounded like a spray paint bottle, I was like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I I had to pause halfway through just the conversation between the scout troopers. I paused to be like, "Is this an hour and a half episode?" Because like we're taking a lot of time for this. And I looked, I'm like, "Oh no, there's only 43 minutes left." And I started getting a little bit worried, but the pacing is unbelievable. Like there's it just it it still gets everything done and nothing feels rushed in it. Yeah, and there's even story progression in that moment. I think you hear, yes, you know, you hear information that Moff Gideon has executed an officer for interrupting him, and you're like, oh, okay, we're, that wasn't that wasn't yeah. shown in the last episode. This is yeah. we're just we're just hearing this now, and so there's actually <laughs> the story is progressing forward. Yeah, and we're about to come and, back to that. And I mean, to make the the scout troopers. Because they make them like lovable oafs, right? When they're just chatting with each other and just kind of goofy, but then just having them hit Baby Yoda three times. Oh yeah, it was like makes oh, it no. feel. Oh, that was rough. Completely fine when when <laughs> IG Eleven just Smokes destroys them, them. <laughs> like really gruesomely yeah. kills them, and you're like, good, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was great. I yeah, I love that moment where he was just like, the comms, and they're just like, like the the admin bureaucracy of this. He's like, yeah, well, he just you know killed an officer for interrupting him, so it might be a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, here we go again. Like that's just totally normal and run of the mill. 
Yeah, that yeah. that the cadence is great. Like it's Jason yeah. Sudeikis. I think we all read in the credits, and I, I knew right away when I heard his voice. But yeah, uh, his cadence his cadence sounds so great. It's like a kind of nineteen twenties like radio persona. This I just love the the the, the cadence and how they talk. Those scout troopers. I thought they did a great job. Yeah. of kind of mimicking what they sounded like in the seventies. That's actually cadence. funny because I, I I knew like I recognized the voice, but I didn't look it up. So that's funny. Were Were there any other voices in there that I should recognize? So- the other scout trooper was an actor named Adam Pally, who's a comedian who you've seen in things, but you may not recognize. Um, he was in the show Happy Endings, which is actually quite good. Um, and he was in a couple seasons of the Mindy Project, but he's kind of of that okay. um, group. And so I also it was one of those things where I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. And I could not. I, I, I pegged Jason Sudeikis, but I couldn't figure out who who the other one was. And the second I read, oh, it's Adam Pally. I'm like, yep. Totally, it is. So oh, cool. another comedian, like they're just they're just piling up comedians for these kind of um, these side roles, which are just great. Yeah, really kind of interesting choice for casting. He went um, Favreau went really heavy on the comedians for these roles, and I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's like a discount. If they're like, oh yeah, you want to try and do some crossover stuff? Do you like Star Wars? Like, like you'll you know your sort of quirkiness and like authenticity will work in the Star Wars universe. Where like a serious actor, I don't know. I mean, they sprinkled in really serious legacy actors as sure. well. Sure. Good. I mean, yeah, Giancarlo Esposito is like he's a presence, man. When he's there, like he's yeah. gonna be great, great big bad. Um, you know, he makes a perfect big bad and evil villain for this this series. Yeah, yeah, that was an incredible uh, uh, action scene at the end of the at the end of the episode as well. But the ending, and then also the ending. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah. let's jump back to where we were in the story. So we talked about the scout troopers. That was an incredible yeah. scene. Breathe. Yeah. Kind of felt like a Coen Brothers film. It felt like Scorsese, but it's Taika's own kind of flavor. We jump forward. We cut back to the Cantina standoff. Yeah, we're back to we're back it. to Young Guns, and I'm still going with my yeah. Young Guns now because they even bring in the yeah. E-Web, which is the same yep. thing as the Gatling gun that they bring at the end of Young Guns. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Good I call on Young Guns. By the way, E-Web. When I saw that, and yeah, Jenny, thought of you. Then he wasn't impressed, but but uh, <laughs> we also find out that Moff Gideon knows quite a bit. Uh, uh, of information about our characters. Like, he knows their backstories, yeah. each of them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he knows the Mandalorian's name. Yeah. yeah. So Which we hear, like, we yeah. hear, first first of all, we hear Cara Dune's name, I believe. Yeah. And he yes. calls out Carathesia Dune of Alderaan. Yeah. That was, that was, inc- oh my, that was a great call out. I was like, oh, this is, bringing Alderaan back into the story is, yeah. is so yeah. powerful for me. I love that, that whole storyline and the planet and Leia and I'm, it's so emotional. I just love bringing that back into this story and uh, love it. I love her full name too. I yeah. thought her full name was was beautiful. I was like, Carathesia. Yeah, Karis, that's great. Yeah, Carathesia. And and they and just saying that she's from Alderaan makes you understand that character at a deeper level immediately. Like it's just so amazing how they've created yeah. such a, a world or such a galaxy where you just like, oh, like my mind just started reeling when I heard that. Yeah. Like, oh, I totally get her now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't get yeah, the character cool. before, and then yeah. after hearing her full name and where she's from, I was like, oh, this is full circle. And a lot of things come yeah. full circle in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know that she hates the Empire. I just figured if you've you know, fought in a war forever against sure. the Empire, that would be enough to sort of grind your gears and want to get even. But this is clearly she has a, a larger motivation. And it's something that, like, you know, casual um, Star Wars fans, and I say that lovingly, like, you know, we can't all, you know, do what we do, but... Um, can like you know relate to immediately like oh yeah Alderaan destroyed revenge yep. got it yeah 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 they, uh, everyone knows Alderaan yeah right exactly I'll let uh, one of you guys spoil the next name we hear 
Uh, yeah, Din. Yeah, I got it. I got cheats on me. So Din Din Jaren. Din Jaren. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Yeah. Or Din Din Din. Sorry. Din Din Din. Yeah. Lots of D's. Yeah. Love that name. I thought it was great. I was like, oh, this is that's a that's a wonderful name for that character. I thought I'd heard that name rumored like earlier before the show even even aired, and I was like, I'm kind of upset. I I heard that kind of floating around the Twitter sphere. Yeah, because I have not heard any. I have not heard. I've not. I didn't really read any hints or anything about it. And when they said that name, I'm like, I've heard that name before. And for some reason, I think I've heard it out of Grant's mouth. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I think you, you know, what? I think you did read it, and you might have. It said was it. on the internet. It floated around. I don't know if we talked yeah, about yeah. It much on the pod, but I, yeah, no, I it definitely saw be that. That was flown to me. That was spoiled for me, unfortunately. But um, I mean, not the biggest reveal. I mean, we know what the Mandalorian looks like too. You know yeah. whatever. But um, no, the name the name reveal didn't compare to what we learned about Mandalore and the history of Mandalore and the Night of a Thousand Tears. Like that was yeah, wow, that was a lot of information right there. And I that's hopefully we dive more, you know dive into that event oh. and, and that massacre or whatever it happened and uh, yeah. explore that further. Based on the end of this episode, we're going full in on lore. <laughs> so oh yeah, and we'll <laughs> yeah. That, that's going to be a big part of season two. Guys, we um, are 100% seeing Luke Semple at the end of this show. I'm just going to call yeah. that right now. Because really? yeah, right I, I you, you can't right. show you can't show Yoda's home world. You can't show it. It's just like sacrilegious. I, so you, I, I think, think we're you have to see, show the temple. I would go in for those. They were going to get de-aged Hamill at some point. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think you're going to shoot it like uh, Doctor Manhattan and and what Damon Lindelof did in Watchmen, where it's just you know hands. I think that's what they'll do. That's a good call. Guess. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. That's my guess. Um, but they're well. I don't want to skip ahead because you're kind of going literally. But they're showing things uh, straight up, full face. That things that I thought they were going to tease a little more. Um, so I just don't know. They like subtlety is this show is not, uh, you know, which yeah. is great because it's it's an archetypal storytelling. Um, but back to Din Djarin's name. Um, yes, they're doing full superhero naming here, right? Like they give him a superhero's origin, right? It's it, like this, like any every other Star Wars movie is an adoption <laughs> story. You got Clark oh, Kent, you got Din Djarin, you got Peter Parker, right? You got alliteratives names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And uh, that, wow, that flashback, uh, when he goes into mm-hmm. his memory of being found, being found, you know, as a foundling by uh, Mandalorians. And I would call them the Rising Phoenix clan, because I think they had like a Phoenix emblem on their on their shoulder. Was that and what they that even talk, And they even talk about the Rising I, Phoenix I the jetpack later in the yeah. episode. I think it's all, I think it's all, a, it, it, it's a setup and a payoff for that jetpack later in the episode but that's just that makes that's just how i read it that's sense. how i read it yeah um, i buy that so I, think, I didn't catch that but that makes sense I yeah i've seen that i've seen that emblem before and um i think we've seen it in um we saw it in clone wars but oh, it could be clan vizsla then it could, I, it could be like uh you know a well-known clan well-established clan. i've got pre vizsla right here let me see if i can see his um sorry i've been combing through but uh, but but that whole reveal that that is like the that is a microcosm of Star Wars fandom right there where a kid is just in the shadow of this Mandalorian who's appeared before him and he's just in awe of the the grandeur of a kind of Macquarian aesthetic a sci-fi aesthetic and kind of falling in love with it and then joining you know the 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 clans and becoming a Mandalorian himself like I was like God oh, this is this is a Star Wars fan right here that's kind of what I yeah. read from that scene when he was in the dumpster or yeah whatever yeah totally and and that scene was interesting because I was when it was first going on and it, it kind of I started to feel similar to I felt with the um with the two scout troopers at the beginning again really enjoyed that scene but I was kind of like 
man, we're burning minutes here. Like, you, you know, because they do, they show us, we, we don't see anything new before the Mandalorians come. We just see it as a full scene, right? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. a lot of slow-mo. And I'm so like, if, what, if the Rise of Skywalker is throttle, like, full, you know, full bore, like, this yeah, is pulling yeah. it all the way back. That all flashback back. is very slow. And it's, yeah. it's yeah. just slow-mo shot after slow-mo shot. I totally agree with you, Adam. I feel like that could, I could, I could have seen a few, few, fewer shots of them kind of running through the yeah. city or maybe bird's eye view shots of the city. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like it could have been tough but, for sure. You know what, you know what I noticed myself doing while I was watching it? I was kind of going, oh, come on, show me who's going to save him. Come on. You know, I, I was like, getting yeah, like yeah. really edge of my seat. Like, cause we all know that the, that we've seen it all. So we're just building and building and yeah. waiting You've for seen that. To that happen. Flashback, and so, like, time. Yeah. We know. Yeah. We and, and so when you see, you know, not, uh, <laughs> uh, not Boba Fett step into the light, it's, it is pretty, <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah, that music's incredible there too. It's definitely just a, a kid, just astonished about the yeah. coolness yeah. <laughs> of yeah, a Mandalorian. <laughs> the cool factor, just yeah. Uh, I, I always thought Yoda's saber was going to chop that super battle droid in half, and it was going to be this whole Yoda thing. But that only really made sense up until like episode four, and then kind of we dive deeper and deeper into Mandalorian lore and his history. Yeah. You had. You got me full buy-in because I was waiting to see a lightsaber. <laughs> so ready to see a lightsaber just chat that thing down. But I loved that reveal. I thought that reveal was me incredible. Too. I love how kind of campy the <laughs> that scene was and how the jetpacks were just they don't have a lot of force to them. Like the, the there's not a lot of uh, propulsion, <laughs> like yeah, acceleration yeah, yeah. or velocity. And so they, they're kind of just floating around like like almost like bugs. Like it's it's just a fun scene. I love really, really love that scene. It's super cool. Um, very, very Superman again. It's yeah, very yeah. someone clutching on the Superman being flown away. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Uh, um, after that flashback scene, they're I guess they're trying to get this grate open. They can't get it open. I love that uh, Cardoon shoots at the grate and it <laughs> just burns the metal, but can't sear through yeah. and can't cut it. And I was like, this is like every Star Wars video game I've ever played where you shoot the wall and it's like hot for right. a few minutes, but then it really doesn't break down or yeah. destroy anything. So players. in that scene, this is going to get real specific for a second and I need help. Uh, Grief Karga grabs a bottle of booze yeah, and starts drinking, which I think is great. That is the most Western trope. Yeah. It's directly that's pulled the, the from Western something, trope. and I can't figure exactly what it is. It's been in Western, uh, but it's it's, yeah, it's, it's something specific, thing. and I couldn't get it. It weirdly also, I just watched Die Hard because you know Christmas, um, yeah. and there's a scene where one of the one of the they always call them terrorists, but they're not. Spoiler alert: uh, one of the thieves um, is waiting for the FBI to come in, and he grabs he sees candy bars, and he grabs a candy bar. Yeah, and it's just such a, a great moment in that movie, and I thought of that as well. But that scene of kind of just. But I just, it's driving me nuts. It's like, I can almost picture exactly the movie it's from, and it's just not coming to me. Yeah, it's not coming to me either. But I know that you need yeah, one, yeah. you know, one of the group members to be the, the fearful one who's drinking in a Western. Yeah. Really. It's got to, it's got to, it's got to build that fear and build that tension that, that the guy outside really means them harm. So I feel like that's, yeah, that's totally a Western trope. Uh, I'm going to go with Young Guns, because why not? Because <laughs> Young Guns. It's worked for you so far. Yeah. Um, so after that, we I think we get more IG eleven after this, which is might be my favorite favorite character in the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when he comes running in, like uh, flying in on that, um, you know, on the speeder with like no hands on the on the wheel and just like just blowing everything away. So, 
Just everything. I love like they have a stormtrooper that's like dealing with a Jawa, like not even paying attention, and that one gets smoked too. He's just like IG Levin's like, nope, must must protect. Uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, I love seeing droids. Maybe he's laughing up in the storm. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because yeah, we, we got that's zero in episode five, and then this, and then this. I'm like, this show is doing droids right. Like they are the Deus Ex Machina characters of Star Wars. Like you throw them in, and they will just completely. Ship, flip the script and shift the story in a new direction. They can do so much. They're capable of so much. And you saw it in this episode where he just takes out. He, I think he takes out like thirty stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. possibly more. Yeah. Possibly more. I mean, yeah, essentially just you know, and then then with the help of just flanking them, they essentially took out that whole legion, which is kind of hard to even fathom. I loved seeing. Um, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I loved seeing uh, the Mandalorian fight hand to hand with Death Troopers. I like gasped. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just seeing yeah. Death Troopers interact, like the, I think Rogue One did a really good job of making them very fearful and, and like yeah. scary, and it was like it added to the tension of like that fight. I and, like I honestly yeah. know you know how he was gonna fare against them, but um, yeah, that was crazy. And then the the um, just the whole the pacing of that uh, the John Carla of the Moff Gideon, you know, just sort of like take like one shotting the the power pack for the. Oh, uh, man. That was so meta for me. That felt like the that felt like Gus Fring's end in this kind of like post Gus yeah. Fring <laughs> like explosion. Good and like you know, now we're gonna get more Gus Fring, but it's just in another dream world, <laughs> like another idea here. Yeah, the character. But it was um, yeah, it was you know there was a lot a lot of weight to that. It was like yeah, it was a scary moment. You know the fact that like oh he can't be touched, and I was like what's gonna happen? Is you know is he actually gonna kill our hero? Like, um, pretty interesting. Yeah, I love the Death Troopers. Uh, you know, it's their brand to get one in. They don't. They can't go down immediately like Stormtroopers. So like, <laughs> you yeah. do see them like fight back and throw a few punches, and they land on the Mandalorian. You're like, this is awesome. Like, I can't believe. Yeah. It. And then, um, uh, Gina Carano's acting was incredible in this episode when the Death Troopers bust yes. into when they breach into the cantina and uh, and yeah. you hear that you hear their vocoders and their scary you know dialect yeah. to each other, and then. You know, she's just like fearful behind the the, the bar counter, and I was like, I was like, this isn't crazy. Yeah. She looks, she looks like she has the fear of God in her. Like there's like yeah. those characters yeah. are hyper, you know, very scary. Uh, I feel like if Taika was directing, it was like these are the scariest possible you know enemies to encounter, and they're yeah. they just breached and, in and you're hearing them. Yeah, there's history yeah. there. I'm guessing she might have been the only one who survived an attack by them in the past. You know, something like yeah. you can feel that like almost phobia level fear. Yeah, it's a and phobia. then and then. And then watching her psych herself up is amazing. Um, and it's really interesting that this is also, and I, you know, this may, this is, this show makes me want to go back and watch all the Westerns I used to watch all the time, because there's also the scene where they are, are in the standoff. They, someone comes to rescue, they go out, they fight, and then they have to go right back in as an, is that from another Western as well? I mean, several, but the idea, like you get this, like almost, right. you, you think they're going to get away and then they just end up back in the same spot again, worse off. It's right. such a great moment. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I also I liked um, just gear wise. They um, they used the Death Troopers Sonic Imploder, which is like standard mm. gear. We saw that a lot in Rogue One, and it established like it's a really, really, really powerful detonator. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same as the um, the Battlefront Two sort of version of it, but it's still pretty. It actually, kind of is because it's sort of it like it not only did it blow up the door, but it knocked her back like twenty feet and like yeah the room. Um, from the outside, which is pretty cool, but um, just from a gear standpoint, that was pretty dope. Yeah, very cool. Nice. Yeah, in terms of the yeah. schematics and how the shootout, the location, and kind of the the set design, everything that we're seeing, and and 
and their path through the location. I kind of think, I think there's either a civil war film or like last of the Mohicans where there is a fortress, there's a standoff. They yeah. go into a subterranean layer level to get out of the fortress. There's a secret door, you know, like I've seen this yeah. setup before, uh, in terms of the standoff and, and, and the layout and, uh, and it kind of the blueprints for how they, they travel through it. I've seen it before in films in Western. So I too want to go back and look at all those Westerns to, to see if yeah. anything matches this. But, um, so after that, we get IG-11 rolls, strolls in uh, with Baby Yoda. I love when he reverses to protect, like he turns his body yeah, uh, yes, 180 to yes. like protect Baby Yoda. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I love that he's he's a, he's a nurse uh, nurse droid now. He's a protector and a nurse droid. Yeah, nurse droid first, <laughs> and then, you know, actor <laughs> yeah. like sort of second, yeah. Yeah, that was really crazy. And then, like, he just, but it was like, I mean, it was like a suicide mission, these IG-11 droids. I mean, it's pretty cool that, like, it's very on character that they're like, like designed to be destroyed, you know. They they just sort of go in, and yeah. you know, he, he was always trying to kill himself when we first saw him in the first episode, and like this time, yeah. he's just like, you know, I'm willing to give up my body to to save my, you know, my charge, and um, but got in there, yeah. a, lot, a lot of good, and then um, you know, and then we see the Mandalorian really coming around and looking at him in a whole new light. Um, definitely towards the end, but even in that scene, he he runs out and and covers him, so. Yeah, there's a scene coming up that we'll talk about that that is, I think, just beautiful. And they've been they're setting up the payoff. Not, I did, never saw it coming, but they they set up a payoff throughout the entire season, which I thought. Oh was yeah, amazing. yeah, beautiful yeah. Um, from episode one to the finale. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, another cool trooper that we saw here that's actually <laughs> I think it's the first time we've seen it is the uh, I think so. Yeah, Imperial Flame Trooper. So we've seen like first order flame troopers, and I don't think we've seen any in the Clone Wars. But maybe they, maybe they were. I think the Marines had had uh, flamethrowers, uh, sure. the Clone Marines. But uh, yeah, so that was a cool character. Obviously, everyone on the like Battlefront Two subreddit was like, oh, one God, of those is um, looks super cool. Like so much swagger on that actor too. It was just like, yep, yeah, I'm to set something on fire, and. Um, yeah, pretty cool. I just and, thought- and a unique paint job, which we don't generally see in in you know the 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 original era, right? Like there wasn't a lot of individuality like they we got in the clone troopers. The fact that it's like red paint. Yeah, the red paint's nice. There were some. I think there are like some imper- imperial shock troopers were red and white. Um, mm. You don't see mm. them much, but they were in Battlefront 2015. Um, right. right there. There's also like. There's dark troopers or shadow troopers where they're, they're stormtroopers, but with black armor. Um, right. And you don't see those too often. Um, so it's precedented, but uh, yeah. still, but like we, we haven't seen this design yet. And like we know no. that like all the, the Empire loves to sort of categorize their stormtroopers and really specify their gear for their job. So um, that w- this was just a nice addition to stand. It was. Yeah. Yeah. The other one. So. Uh, like snow troopers and scout troopers and all that. The flame trooper is pretty cool. And sir, it, it made sense that like Moff Gideon would have his own personal arsonist um, on hand to, to uh, infiltrate this bar. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know why they had the flame trooper? <laughs> it's, 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 um, Cause they had, cause they had to get baby Yoda to fall asleep somehow because the entire time <laughs> that, that, um, the Mandalorian was injured. I'm just like, baby Yoda, do your yeah, thing, yeah. heal him, heal him. And so they had to give baby Yoda a different force power to use to, to wipe him out. Like, sorry, not to be like, break it down yeah. too much, but I'm just like, it was totally worth it. It made sense, but I'm like, Oh, that's why that's happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that was kind of funny how they did that. And um, because, yeah, the whole time I was thinking that, too. But I was like, oh, can he just like heal him? But it's cool yeah. that they didn't just use that trope again. You I know, agree. Like, it would have felt. Yeah. Too good. I never thought of it that way. I just thought everyone had to be spent at the end at, at that very moment. And then I think that was just his his turn to be just to, to use all of everyone his, gets you know, their moment. Yeah. yeah. And it's a progression uh, of of Baby Yoda's character too, because he hasn't killed anything yet. Like he'd never actually hurt something or fought. You know, he had just sort of, you know, interfered, but not in a in a different way. And but he he clearly knew what was at stake here, and um and wasted that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was awesome. That was an incredible scene. He raises his hands and a uh, little force push at the end, send all that fire right back at him. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Din Djarin's injured in this scene. He's just, he yeah. looks like his head, severe head trauma, bleeding, bleeding from yeah. uh, his skull. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like that injury. His skull. Yeah, they didn't even, <laughs> yeah, central processing unit is damaged. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that was a joke. <laughs> that uh, was good times. <laughs> so that they get through the, everyone's, you know, uh, Mando gives the, the child to Cara Dune. Um, her and Grief run, run through the sewer, into the, they go into the sewers. Uh, IG 11 stays behind. Big moment of the episode. This is the moment my son was like psyched about seeing. He was like, "Oh, the Mandalorian's gonna take off his helmet!" Like I love, yeah. you know, <laughs> hearing what other people want to see in this episode. And he was just was obsessed awesome. with the idea of seeing his helmet be being taken off and and who's under there. And it was such a fun mystery to have throughout the series. And finally, the helmet comes off, and it's just oh, he looks just uh, it's just bloodied. He's just like injured. He's just fatigued. Yeah. He's like it was just so realistic it didn't yes. feel like Sweaty. it was yeah. fresh freshly cleaned or like makeup or you know no, you know no. made up to be a really handsome actor in that moment it was just like so it's, real yeah he looked like yeah. lee van cleef yeah like just yeah. like sweaty and like yeah yeah shiny and, and they needed unshaven. that moment right because like i because he's really good at acting with the helmet on but like yes you pull away the hand and there's blood there she pulls away her hand but i'm just like it's hard to convey like dying with a yeah. helmet on right and so i was kind of right. just going like is because it, it felt to me he's like no leave me behind i can't go i was just not buying into that at all because i hate that's one of the tropes i hate in movies yeah but once he once they pulled the helmet off i'm like oh yeah no he, he he's dying like he yeah. is not he's not doing as well. soon as she pulled her hand away from his skull and it was like covered in blood i was like oh, yeah 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 severe concussion etc et oh, yeah yeah um, but it was pretty cool. We saw some back to mist. That was a new little uh, thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a funny effect, but sure, great, totally healed him. So throughout the entire... all over his hair, I was like, it's all hitting his no. hair, like shaving. Yeah, his yeah. Head. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, uh, not doing good. One. It's not doing anything. It's gonna have the perfect uh, head of hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just gets like a yeah, nicely like really long locks after this. Yeah. Um, so I really this scene I really connected with um, because we were we talked about how were how were they going to reveal if they were going to reveal his face how were they going to do it and I think I had talked about he would reveal it to Baby Yoda as a sign of trust but I liked how they used it in this because they've spent the entire first season showing his first like as a child being revealed to the world by a droid. Right. Like like this, his kind of this moment of the droid opening it up and it's kind of like his life is completely changed to that moment and he is no longer a child anymore. He's he's going to be part of a warrior clan. Right. And I feel like having having this moment of of the a droid again revealing his face to the world 
but in a way of like revealing his face as becoming part of a family is kind of just really beautiful in, in, a, in a way that's really weird at the same time. Oh, totally. It's the perfect payoff for his phobia of droids and then having to yeah. trust in a droid in this final hour. I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. Like, I love the storytelling. I love that he's he says, you know, no living thing has seen my face. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, I am not a living thing. I was like, oh, this is beautiful, beautiful writing. I love the dialogue yeah. in this episode. And the music that kicks in there, like it was perfect. It was just the perfect alchemy of Star Wars for me. Yeah, super fun. I've got all that. I've now created a Spotify playlist with all of the like scores that um, yeah, yeah. Artson has re- released, and um, it's so great. It's like whatever. I, it's my going to work mo- music now, where I'm just like, time to go get that bounty. Got to go get yeah. it. <laughs> I've been using it at work, just doing like just grading and things like that. It's kind of the perfect background music while you're working on stuff. Yeah. Um, super great. Um, so we go through, and then I think my new like favorite character from this series is the uh, blacksmith. And yeah, I'm furiously looking. Oh, uh, yeah, the armorer is is what she's called in this, and it's uh, played by Emily Swallow. But um, you like, know why really? that is Ben? Why is that? <laughs> she's a she's straight out of Lord of the Rings. She's a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> yeah, one hundred. It is a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> <laughs> what, how so just listen to the voice it's like the, the dialogue the rhetoric right. like the cadence it's the she, accent it's 100 adriel yeah yeah it's basically yeah. Galadriel. yeah but like galadriel yeah you're right and she plays that character and it's so awesome though it's just yeah, like it's it, works. Incredible. it totally works she's, yeah. she's like also the lore keeper for, for <laughs> yes. the tribe. I, I was like legit worried that she was gonna get killed by you know by the stormtroopers um, because mostly because like, I mean, she's that tether to our lore for their people. Yeah. And it, I mean, in a lot of ways, um, not Gus Fring, uh, Moff Gideon is as well, but for, for different reasons. But, um, I just, you know, she's, she's going to sort of uh, keep the Mandalorian grounded and, and keep us as like fans grounded, um, in a lot of good ways to, you know, to really learn more about like this religion and, 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 you know, and be his sort of like spiritual counsel. Um, so I just, oh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. We got to see finally the emblem. I really thought it was going to be like a cheesy looking baby Yoda face. <laughs> I, <laughs> did. I did too. I was very nervous about that. Yeah, but it was going to look like a great. hello kitty, like on the side of his yeah. life. <laughs> but, um, yeah. it, uh, yeah, but no, he, um, instead, I, I think that is the Mandalorian number for two. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Yeah, I figured it was something like that. Nice. They have their own. They have their own alphabet. And um, I, I again, I'm I'm furiously searching here when you guys are talking through the Mandalorian stuff. But there's so much stuff in Wikipedia about Mandalorians that it's kind of tough to find it. But I, wait, uh, are we talking about the signet right now? Yeah, the signet. Yeah. I think that's the number was, two. Was that not a mudhorn? No, I thought that was just the mudhorn's head. <laughs> Like the skull or whatever. It looked like the letter C. It looked like the Cleveland Cavaliers insignia to me. Yeah, oh, I read I, that. I read that wrong. Um, I thought it, but uh, I, mean, I thought oh, it. I no. thought it was their number. Great, that's right. So, well, according to Wikipedia, uh, I just clicked on. I clicked on Din Djarin's clan. Yeah, um, which clan is, of two. It's yeah, a Mandalorian clan that was composed of a force-sensitive foundling known as the Child and bounty hunter Din Djarin was, was formed in nine ABY. Uh, their signet was a mudhorn. 
It oh, okay. Says. So, so the they're claiming they're you know Wikipedia is not infallible, but in, they're saying it's a mudhorn. And when I see a picture close up, it is it does look like a mudhorn. But okay, cool. It also looks like there's it's very very clearly made it stylized, and it does look like two right. There's two kind of things coming. Yeah, two like so, I don't know. It, I, yeah. I think I've seen their some their alphabet before, and I know it's a little yeah. it's obviously different than Arabish. Um, so I just assumed mm-hmm. that's what that was because she was like, and now you are a clan of two, and I was like, oh, it would be kind of cool. I mean, it's Sith rule of two. Like I don't know. I just thought it'd be um something like that. But a mudhorn makes sense because he did mention that he helped um him take yeah. it, and um so uh, so there they are. But um, yeah, that scene is that scene is so mad. I, I was telling you guys before we started rolling on the podcast, I was like, this has really brought back the magic that I first felt in the original trilogy, where there's kind of just the, the larger scope of the galaxy is taken into factor. The dialogue kind of is in reverence to the past in the storyline. There's no cynicism. There is just there's this reverence of this time past where there was these ancient, you know, uh, factions and cultures and religions. And it, it kind of and dives into this this armorer character. Her dialogue is wonderful, and she explores all of these, this kind of these magical past to everything. She talks. She even says mentions Mandalore the Great in this episode. Yeah, yeah, she does. Wow. Um, yeah, when she's talking, when she says, you know, show me the the one whose protection is deemed so much destruction or whatever, and then they he rolls out Baby Yoda, and and she says it looks helpless, and then he's like, oh, it's not helpless. It can move things with, with its mind, and then she's like, I know of such things. Like the 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 songs of eons past tell of a battle between Mandalore the Great. And an order of sorcerers called Jedi. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the spot with such powers. And I was like, oh, this is that. That's so interesting to me. I want to learn more about that. I want to see more on that. I I feel like this almost speaks to Tales of the Jedi. I mean, this happens in Tales of the Jedi. Mandalore. The, there is a Mandalore. I don't know if it was Mandalore the Great. I know there's there's been several Mandalore Mandalores, and I feel like they all they've all had different titles. Like there's Mandalore the Great, Mandalore the Indomitable, all these different Mandalores throughout time. But I took this yeah. as kind of the Alexander the Great of the Star Wars galaxy, where he's maybe the one who's conquered the most. And um, there are stories in the Tales of the Jedi comics, if people want to go revisit those, where it actually it, it's all from Mandalore's point of view and uh, in these wars with the Jedi. And it's I feel like this almost canonizes that. It yeah, like it is. You know, it, it really feels like, I mean, at, at one point there, you know, Lucasfilm was being very tight-fisted with, with the you know what they would allow what they'd put out there what they would canonize but with um you know the rise of skywalker which we'll talk a lot more about next week and with this it feels like they're maybe they're just like you know what these are all good ideas let's just throw them against the wall let's canonize everything and it's just going to open up possibilities for us because i don't really think they know where they're going next and i i mean this is such a rich history that was created for these characters um like why not use it it's really great like I, I haven't read all of it, Grant. You've gone through a bunch of it, um, but this—you know—that's the sort of Mandalore I want to hear about. Um, yeah, we might see the mask of Mandalore, Mandalore in this series at some point. Like, it, you know, we've already seen yeah. one relic, one uh, um, antique of the Mandalorian, you know, history, yeah. and I feel like it, why not bring on another one? And uh, yeah. the mask could could come into play at some point. Yeah, and we've seen the Mythosaur as well. Um, yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we go back, or or not necessarily back, but talk a bit about this kind of myth of the Jedi thing? Yeah, sure. Anyone else bumping up against that? Because I was a little bit. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's a big gal. I, I'll say yes. I'll disagree with it. Yes, like that was sort yeah. of like, wait, 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 wait. Like, why? But I mean, they don't hate it, by the way. Just no, yeah. I kind of like when they go this direction. Listen, the yeah. galaxy's big, right? So it just it makes sense. Not everyone's heard about this. Like we have because we follow the Skywalker saga. 
But I mean, this six yep. years, you know, and maybe, you know, so maybe they don't know that Luke Skywalker turned the tide of the, you know, of the battle at Jakku that only happened that's, six years ago. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's I mean, it's, it's I guess I'm, I'm once again doing that thing where I say something and I talk myself immediately out of it. Um, because like, you know, in Star Wars, they talk about Jedi being kind of myth in, in at the beginning of um, A New Hope, even though it's only what? 18 years, 19 years since Jedi were running around fighting wars, you know? So yeah. clearly there's large, there's a large galaxy. There's been disinformation campaigns done by the empire. So, so sure. Um, I, I like it. It's weird. Like as much as I, I kind of was like scratching my head a little bit at first, I'm like, it, it's kind of as great as saying it's back to that core star Wars mysticism, you know, idea of just this, this chasing after myths and legends. So, so I'm, I'm on board. I just bumped up against it a little bit at first. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. In a new hope, they, you know, you have moths and regional governors speaking to Vader about how, you know, the, the, his religion's ancient. And, uh, I feel yeah, like, right. And, you know, Darth Maul was around, you know, not so long <laughs> ago and they may have heard some uprising, some talk of Sith or, you know, obviously the Jedi were, you know, right. they, there was numerous Jedi at one point and everyone knew about them. And I, but even in a new hope you're getting, it's kind of spoken about as if it, it, it there is, they are extinct and that there, there's nothing left of the orders, the, the, the two yeah. warring factions, uh, yeah. of the force. So I give, I give it a pass. Yeah. Yeah. And you have an active like disinformation campaign by the emperor, the empire, which is trying to stamp out any recollection of of the Jedi altogether. I mean, you have Sidious just yeah. trying to systematically, you know, erase them from. The yeah, yeah. It speaks to just you know how 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 powerful that eradication process was. Like it's just they yeah. just were totally gone. They're extinct. They're erased. Yeah, I'm that's... nervous they're going to try to force right. it up a little bit. That they're gonna that they're gonna introduce a new force power like force. Force amnesia, dark side amnesia. <laughs> like I, I just pray they don't do that. And like it, I like this. They just leave it kind of like, yeah, things are weird. People like, you know, hey, you know, the media just started treating it as myth. Yeah, I mean, the empire was just like, oh, that never happened. They were, you know, terrible things, or they were just gone. You know, just like just erased from the collective memory. I mean, I, I can buy into that. I, I yeah. think there is a dark side Every power listed in. There you is know. a dark side power listed in one of those books uh, that that talks about how they can cloud the thoughts of of the masses. Like they they can do that. Right. So I mean, who's we to say Sidious didn't in, do that? We even get a little bit in episode two, right, where where Yoda's talking about the cloud of the dark side affecting exactly. their ability yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's just leave it at that, though, so we can like <laughs> conjecture and yeah. we can have like these thoughtful discussions yeah. and not like have it not have it. Like, <laughs> yeah. have it happen in a show yeah please. yeah either, either um, way it's pretty great we have like his next steps lined out for him and um and it went in a direction i think we talked about this but uh, i'm pretty excited about the fact that so like now he's going to be seeking jedi right mm-hmm. i mean it was, I, the, thought it was yeah. I bumped up a little bit against the fact that like he's too young to be trained so he must be returned to his people and then they're just like well you use the force so your people are jedi it's like there's a little bit of a leap there um, and, and I was like, because I was like, oh, well, do you want to find out what what kind of being this is? Um, I mean, that would be a real hunt because no one really knows. But it'd be that would be an interesting journey too. But I don't know. I just found it kind of strange that they're like that that they made that leap. But I was also like, so wait. I mean, we saw how young Jin Jaren was when he was taken in. Like he was old enough to begin training, but 
Baby Yoda isn't. Right. He's yeah. just too feeble. He looks too feeble and helpless to just do Mandalorian training, whatever whatever they do. Right. But, but um, yeah, and horrible she, she training though. His little helmet <laughs> over over his ears. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, I mean, they would probably utilize his force powers more than anything else. But um, uh, I love that she kind of gives him his quest here. She's yeah. like, you know, you are to be its father until you re- reunite it with its species or its people. And um, yeah. I thought that I and so that 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 poses this big questions. Like, do you guys think we're going to see the the Yoda species homeworld? Do you think he'll eventually bring the child there? Do you think he'll he'll uh, eventually find Luke's temple and bring the child there? Do you think the child will end back up in back in Imperial control, or will this clan of two just exist in in impermanence? Will like they stay together? Will the two, be, uh, uh, Amando and Son, be together? No, no, yes, no, yes. Yeah, I think I agree with that, too. I would sort of rank it in probability. I, I think yeah. we're most probable we're going to see Luke's temple. Or I, agree. Part I, of temple. I agree, yeah. Which would be a great gateway to another series. Um, but uh, And also just awesome to see. Yeah, it would. It, I mean, yeah, it would be fantastic to see Luke's temple. Yeah, yeah because I, I think we will. Yeah, I mean, because we're going to I know we're going to learn more about Mandalorians, right? And we're going to because we're, you know, we. Spoiler alert, we're, you know, we're going to see more of, of Moff Gideon. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, like any path, if you're trying to follow, you know, hints of Jedi through the galaxy, they're going to point towards Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I they mean, have to. I mean, actually, like what, his first thing will like probably being like, oh, you've never heard about Luke Skywalker. And like, you know, I, I would I would say like that would be I mean, that's the most famous Jedi probably in the galaxy. And, um, you know, if, if people know why the um the second death star exploded they're going to know or or why the first death star exploded which is only you know 10 or 15 years prior to this show um they're going to you know that that's going to be the direction he's going to be headed in but um yeah, yeah but I, I feel it feels like x-men to a degree <laughs> got to get you to the school <laughs> yeah but I I do love like it's he's really turning into the anti Boba Fett in a lot of ways right because Boba Fett was obsessed yeah. with hunting down Jedi because Jedi killed his parents uh, and now this guy is obsessed with hunting down Jedi to return their kid to them basically right but he thinks they're adversaries like he doesn't yes you know it, which is sort of an interesting interesting flip on it yeah and so it depends that's who why I think to. yeah that's why I think we're gonna see Luke's temple but I don't think Baby Yoda is gonna end up at the temple. I think he's going to I think he's going to I think the clan of two is going to be a thing that continues throughout this, that he's he's going to take that adoption and keep that adoption. Oh, that's option four. Clan of the clan of two continues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would the baby Yoda could be a great like new leader of Mandalore, right? Like he could be new Mandalore and be a force sensitive Mandalorian, (laughs) which would be pretty cool, right? There's no rules against that, is there? No, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm open to it. (laughs) Are you? I, I like I, it. I, I think it's interesting. It's I you, you broke Grant. So when you spoke when you spoke about the Mandalorian seeing the Jedi as adversaries, it it's true. I think that in the in the Tales of the Jedi comics, the Mandalorian sided with the Sith, and then you see an echo of that in Clone Wars, where you know Darth Maul infiltrates the ranks, and uh, you know the Death Watch uh, falling under his control and all that. Yeah. It's it's it. They've always sided with the dark side. So I wonder if that plays later in this season or in next seasons, not this season, but next season and the whole show as a whole. Which uh, John Favre tweeted today, by the way. Oh, said Mandalorian season two coming fall 2020. Yes. Yes. So it's going to be a yearly thing, which is great. Yeah. 
along with that tweet, we got a shirtless Gamorrean with yes. sandals. Uh, <laughs> I looked like a sword and sandals kind of character. Oh, wow. I sure buried the lead there. Yeah, that, that was the real. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Uh, what else Can't we wait got to going see on? So well, we well, talked to the armor for a little bit. She gives him the quest to kind of reunite this child with its species or uh, mm-hmm. you know, guide it as its father from here on out until that happens. And then um, we go to the lava river. Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene, too. We see, like, a cool. hybrid astromech. We also see uh, the armor, like, waste, like, two squads of uh, <laughs> yeah. stormtroopers um, yeah, with nothing yeah. but, like, her hammer and tongs, which I was like, all right, yeah. I'll get behind that. I can chip on that. Shatters okay. the faceplate <laughs> of a, of a stormtrooper with a hammer. It's, yeah, it's hammer. visceral and awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's like get better yeah. armor. She also throws one directly into the smelting, uh, smelting yeah. pit. <laughs> he <Yeah>. just disappears. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just got like just melted. And I was like, yeah. "Wow, gross, awesome." <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So, all right, after that, now we can get to the, the lava pit. I was just, I don't know. Again, favorite character. Oh, yeah, no, we need to talk about that. That was an amazing. No, that was fight. incredible. Yeah, I've never seen those those helmets crack like an egg before and just yeah. shatter. That was yeah, yeah. next level visuals. Um, so then we get to the boat. Uh, I love that they're all trying to push the boat into the lava river. And then Gardoon's like, would you guys mind just backing off? And then and just yeah. fires her like Gatling yeah. laser at it and <laughs> to launch it in the river. That was awesome. Uh, then we get the great reveal with the astromech that's kind yeah. of a ferryman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently are referred to as monster droids. That's a thing. Basically, like um, like Mr. Bones in Aftermath. Basically, anytime you cobble together. Uh, and actually, um, uh, L3, I think, was considered a monster droid. Anything that's like a cobbled together of different droids, they're called monster droids. Okay, like aftermarket cobbles yeah. and whatnot. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was sort of a monster droid. I love that, like, Grief Cargo was like, does anyone speak droid? And, like, there's a droid with them. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. And speaking of monster droids, whenever I see something crazy in the Star Wars galaxy, I always think back to uh, Fizen Gore and the, yes. the, the last shot book by uh, Dana Jose Elder. I'm like, that. how many creatures did that guy create and droids did that guy create that are probably floating around the galaxy? Oh, yeah, you're talking... All right, just for everyone else and me, because I'm going to relate to the part. That was the book, Fizen Gore... Uh, was the Utapowan, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was what book was that? Last, last shot. shot. Oh, you last shot, right? This it was a, yeah. a prequel to Solo with that. Uh, that was like, yeah, yeah. Um, who Whenever I see like an amalgamated monster hybrid creature, yeah, that's a, real a, a monster droid. I'm like, oh, maybe Fizengor made that. <laughs> maybe yeah, he's I'm, he was I'm turning into the It's crazy. Yeah. I'm rarely not thinking about Fizengore. That character is amazing. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, I I think I think actually that we Ben reuploaded our some of our very very early episodes, and I think that might be oh yeah one of the ones that one of the first it's like episode seven or eight. We I think we go over last shot. So yeah, give it a listen. We yeah. loved it. Yeah, that was yeah one of our faves and one of our first things we uh, went through together. Um, Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, so then we have like this <laughs> heartfelt like exchange between the Mandalorian and IG-11 and you can hear it in the Mandalorian's voice. Like he doesn't want to let this droid go. He's he's really won him over. And, um, you know, maybe it reminds him of Quill or like whatever. But uh, yeah, but, the you know, finally, IG-11 heroically gives himself to free his friends. 
So he does. And what's really interesting, and I have to rewatch the episode. I actually have it playing right now on mute with, uh, with, with subtitles. So I'm fast forwarding to that section. Um, but I feel like like IG-11 specifically says, you need to tell me that you're going to take care of them because then I can go back to my original programming of being able to self-destruct. Right? Right, yeah. The Mandalorian never says that. He hands him the baby. He steps in the lava, goes oh, and blows right. up. And and I kind of like it, right? Like, because there's this thing where it's unspoken and he just knows that he just knows that because of who the Mandalorian is, it, just the action of him taking the child is enough for him to be able to understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. that's cool. I didn't Am know I wrong about that? Do you guys remember him specifically? I, I might be completely wrong, but I really remember while I was watching it, waiting for the Mandalorian, even as he stepped in the lava to be like, I have the child. I will protect the child. But I really don't think he ever says it. He doesn't, and I don't think he ever answers IG Eleven when what IG Eleven demands an answer because I think in Episode One he's like he's like I will he's like I will get the merits for this bounty and like you know you must agree upon this or something. And he doesn't agree. He doesn't say anything. I don't think he agrees to it in that first episode. Yeah. I don't think he's ever responded to IG Eleven yeah. or given uh, him like the directive he needs. It's true, but we do get the really funny line: um, "No need to be sad. I'm not sad." Um, I'm yeah. an Andy droid. I, I analyzed your voice patterns. <laughs> yeah, like I know you're sad. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not sad. Mandalorian. Silly. Yeah. Guy. That was good times. Um, all right, great. And then he so he saves the day. And then um, but then I felt like this was a standoff. I know last um week we were talking about like we we're gonna get the iconic sort of high noon like moment. We yeah. didn't really get it. I mean, I guess maybe the standoff, like I mean, when they're and he's stuck in the in the bar, but um, I sort of felt like a Tie Fighter bearing down on the Mandalorian was almost that moment. But um, yeah, that, kind of the uh, the gunslinger, the high noon quick draw. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the Star Wars version of it as a Tie Fighter and a Mandalorian with a jetpack. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, totally. but like flying at each other and like I mean, it's not really it, but whatever. It, it this was our our moment, and um, yeah, Moff Gideon knows his way around a you know around a Tie Fighter, so that was pretty. That yeah. was uh, pretty cool. And then, like, yeah, a good way to spend um, their effects budget. It was it just looked awesome. It looked so good. And I think we'll still get this, the, the quick draw moment, right? Because, you know, spoiler alerts, uh, Gideon's not dead. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it could be something different. I mean, now, yeah, we I mean, we, we've been dancing around it, but the the dark saber has entered the game. That was yeah. a, that was a real shock to me, like a real gasp. I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be alive, great, whatever." But then when he used the dark yeah. saber to uh, um, to escape, it was really pretty cool. And they did a good it, job it, with that effect, visual yeah. effect. It shouldn't have been because uh, <clears throat> I called the dark saber. <clears throat> you did. Call <laughs> I called it because it's because it's a Dave Filoni joint, as I said before. And that man loves the dark saber. So I think we I think Grant right. might ask, do you think we're going to see the dark saber? I said, we 100 percent are going to see the dark saber. So the second he but, cut, the second started cutting, I'm like, dark saber. <laughs> but guys, where where in the galaxy is Bo-Katan? Uh, uh, six feet under. <laughs> Um, oh, also, do we think Gideon like was the perpetrator of the the Night of a Thousand Tears? Was he was he yeah. the one you know? I think they confirmed the that. They confirmed he was one of the leaders of that siege. That's why he knew his name. That's interesting, but I also think it might be as interesting or more interesting if he was a Mandalorian who kind of fell from the creed and uh, has the dark saber. 
Oh, but wow. maybe I, I guess I guess maybe you guys are right. Maybe he was a moth well, at that time and he perpetrated all that. He was because didn't they say he was placed on Mandalore as a um, as a, like the like a, he was there. I thought he was there via the Empire, but I could be wrong. Yeah, because no, no, Cara I think you're Dune right. I think you're knew right. him like Cara Dune knew him as well. So she knew him okay, as, right. as a as a moth. Yeah. Um, or as an admiral. Maybe he wasn't a moth then, but. They were, I mean, they seemed to know him by reputation. They were just like, oh no, this guy's yeah. so cool. like, they know, you know, that they know, see him coming in. Um, but, uh, well, I guess we can assume that he, uh, he may have fought Bo-Katan at some point and taken the saber. Cause I think it was in her possession last. I don't know who had it last, but it I think, was, I think yeah. It was I, Sabine gave it to her as the, because she saw her as the true ruler of Mandalore. And that's the last time we saw it in, yeah. uh, in Star Wars. Uh, chronology. So do you think, so now that we've got our answer about the dark saber, do you guys think we're going to see Bo-Katan in the next season? I don't know. I'm trying to remember how old Bo-Katan was. Cause I think that was like 20 years. That all happened. That all happened pre um, battle Yavin, right? Like right yeah. before battle That's Yavin. That's right. Yes. Yep. I, I think we might see her in a flashback. I honestly think that the ruling class of Mandalore are long dead. And gone. I think the Empire raised that, and and that that's what we're seeing of of the of the Mandalorians in these in these tunnel systems. That I think we. I mean, honestly, we gave him a bit of Boba Fett's origin story this episode, right? Like, it, they might go to the fact that he might be the last Mandalorian at this point. Like that, we don't know if that Enclave might have been kind of the the last remnants of this. Yeah, it's it's maybe one of them, but it's definitely it doesn't seem. Yeah, I I think their ruling class is gone. I think Mandalore is shattered, you know, because I I think that's interesting. I I, I think Bo-Katan, she was in the middle of a civil war, right? The last time we saw her. So it's like if the Empire catches Mandalore in a civil war as they, you know, you know, degrade back into a warrior society. You know they're going to be caught unawares, and it might unify them at the last moment. But they, you know, it could just they get yeah. orbital bombed into oblivion. And if it's led by this guy, you know, this Moff Gideon, um, who seems to be a pretty smart as um, and tactical as Empire um, officials go, as Imperials right. go. Um, we learned that he was in the ISB, I believe, as well, right? Yes, yeah, ISB. I think that you yeah. mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, so that um, that's so why. What happened to Mandal- Mandal- why didn't they reclaim Mandalore? Why didn't the Mandalorians reclaim Mandalore after the fall of the Empire? Is there a reason they didn't go back? Yeah, and, and I don't think there's enough of them. I, I and I think okay. as much as there, as much as there's the fall of the Empire, as we saw in this show, right? There's still garrisons, right? So we don't know if Mandalore is not being ruled by warlords, ex-imperial warlords. But I because because I think honestly, not to get like super not cynical, but like behind the scenes because we need a season three or a four or a five plot, right? Where he goes back to Mandalore. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Cool. And and just going back to the history of the dark saber, we know that um, the dark saber is, is is kind of a combination of a sword and a lightsaber uh, has a thin black blade. um, Sounds like a lightsaber has the energy of a lightsaber surrounding it. Uh, It can grow and, uh, and, and become smaller based on the emotions of the wielder. Something oh, I read about right. it. Um, I, I believe it belonged to the first member of Clan Vizsla, as I guess uh, the first Vizsla to become a Jedi, the first Mandalorian to become a Jedi. That's what I remember. And then, from, and then it was passed yeah. down, you know, uh, through the ages uh, uh, to the leaders of Mandalore and the Mandalorian tribes. And um, uh, it was always, it was always, you always had to. Uh, it was a, it was a 
test of um it was a contest to, to win the sword between whoever the two ruling bodies or the two ruling clans and then it would pass down from then there and uh and then we we lo- we know who who had it in the clone wars with previsual had it had it in the clone wars uh and uh i think i think um uh uh, Maul had it at some point yeah, as well. Yeah, Maul got. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who Wal, Maul wanted from. I think it was Pre Vizsla. Yeah, I think Pre Vizsla had it in the Clone Wars. Went to Maul, then it went to. Uh, it was lost after that, I believe. Yeah, because I think Sidious um, found out about Maul and Savage, and so he went in there and cleaned up Dodge, and I think he forced uh, Maul to ground. Like the he, yeah, he was lost on Dathomir for a number of years, and then Sabine Wren found it, and then she got oh, that's right. Yeah, Dathomir because she gets because she gets trained about how to use it because she's not used to the weight. I just remember that whole thing, right? Like she has that weird thing because there's no weight to it, right? Because it's a it's a saber lightsaber other than the hilt, and so there's a whole thing where she gets trained, and then um, she um, she gives the she gives it to Bo-Katan, um because she basically says that she's the true leader, right? I think is the end of that story. Yeah, that, so that, that's that essentially it. We're summarizing, but that's right. But yeah, it was... So Darth Maul must have... He took it with him when he was like flushed out by Sidious. He must have, at some point... We didn't really see it, but I, I then think he retreated to Dathomir. And then he must have just left it there in Dathomir. Within, like right in the middle of like the witch's coven there. Um, right? Because that's where they... Uh, at some point... Um, Ezra and Sabine were on like a mission to Dathomir and, and that's where they found it. Um, so that's pretty crazy. And then like Maul must've just like, then, I mean, he continued to search. I, he, I think he went to Korriban. He made a new lightsaber out of yeah. something else. And, um, just probably cause he, he didn't want to use the, the dark saber for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, interesting history, just of one saber, but essentially so, whoever holds it is the leader of Mandalore. Right. Yes, I yeah, that was the thing. So, so here's a here's a side note. Uh, Disney Plus, if you're listening, and I know you are because you're Disney and you listen to everything. Right. Um, I, I've been fighting for you to make playlists, and actually, they've been doing it a bit on Disney Plus with a couple of things I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they've done a couple of started playing around um, doing Disney um, uh, playlists for The Simpsons. Yeah, start doing it for Star Wars. They did like through the time, but you know, it'd be great. I don't know a dark saber playlist that just collects the episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels, so you can just sit yeah. down and watch, or them. even just Mandalore. You know, more broad yeah. Mandalorian yeah. playlist yeah. for like what's canon and what we've seen. Be pretty yeah. interesting. Will you get um, Obi Wan Kenobi in Mandalorian armor, which is just yeah. like nerdgasm for most people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty cool, man. I, I know I want to go back and through yeah. and see that Disney Plus. Like the, um, like the visual quality is like hyper good. Um, and yes. so I've been trying to watch as many things. When I, I watched um the Force Awakens on on um that service when I was prepping for the Rise of Skywalker, and it was yeah, it was yeah me too. But I really want to see the animated series because I bet I bet they're going to be super clean and um, yeah nice. So, um, yeah. So, wow. So a lot to digest there and a lot of directions to go. We know we're getting season two. We know now that it's going to, um, air in fall of next year, 2020. I can't believe next yeah. year's 2020 or in like a week, it's going to be right. 2020. Um, Weird. but, uh, yeah, super exciting. And I, I mean, I hope they go multiple seasons on this and I hope it's sort of, you know, I, I was thinking earlier in this episode, it was like this, I hope this was sort of a debut for all of these directors 
to maybe do their own projects in the, the Star Wars universe. I mean, I, I hope Taika Waititi takes one of these on um, or um, Chow or, or, you know, any like they all did such a nice job with um, with these things. I'd love to see more from them. I'd love to see their voice used uh, to other parts of the galaxy. And we so, know Deborah Chow is doing a uh, Kenobi. So she'll be doing that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So she's already in. Them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Tyke is going to do Doctor Afro, man. I'm calling it right now. I'm telling you, I I'm so on board for that. He this episode is so Doctor Afro tone, like the, yeah. the opening with the, with totally. the scout troopers is very Doctor Afro. Um, so yeah, speaking of what quick, you were saying, Adam, about yeah. the Dark Saber and a playlist yeah, of the Dark Saber, be awesome to see a comic series that's maybe like Tales of the Dark Saber or something. We yeah. actually see it pass through all these. We see the Mandalorian history canonized in the comics, so we at least have a basis for what they're talking about in the show that we can go back to this kind of yeah. reference system. That would be yeah, great. We're gonna I mean, start. All the comics yeah. have, you know, it would be really nice to. I mean, now now that. I mean, they're really recanonizing a lot of the stuff, and maybe they just want to be like, I don't know, just go back into this. Like, I, I don't, I don't. It wouldn't be like Lucasfilm to just be like, all that stuff's canon again. But I, I mean, mean, it would be like them to sort of put out a new sort, you know, material that calls back to a lot of these characters or reintroduces them, and um, and that would be pretty fun. Yeah, totally. This is Star Wars for now, for a while. I mean, the Skywalker yeah. saga just ended. There's not going to be another movie until at least 2022, I think, right? Like, right, that's yeah. probably. That's so we're going to have at least another, and that's probably be Christmas 2022. That's going to be season four, if they keep going on this. Season four of The Mandalorian will have aired before we get another Star Wars movie. Right. Right? That math checks out? Yeah. So, right. like, this is it. Like, this is Star Wars. So we're going to see a lot of things as we have with the movie spinning off we're gonna get comic series we're gonna get things i mean like it's interesting right like this is the new face of star wars is the mandalorian and it's doing a hell of a job yeah really cool right i wonder when cassian andor is gonna land on uh, disney plus i think that'll be our next maybe that'll be our next show but uh if mandalorian's coming up fall 2020 that's pretty soon and i feel like that might it's it's fun it's it's interesting to see how fast this show is moving in comparison to some of the other projects because i feel like yeah. cassie andor must they must have shot that already and it must be in post at this point i, I don't do, they don't have a director i thought they were yeah i thought they yeah. were shooting in the spring i thought the spring was when they were starting to shoot yeah i don't know i could oh, be wrong really yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I they think, shot anything and that there's the thing been right? issues yeah. with that show as i heard right like it's still happening but i thought it kind of was uh was a little i know it got a new showrunner in, in tony gilroy but um i didn't yeah. know i thought they had shot some some of the episodes already have. i thought gilroy wasn't on the project anymore no he is he, he was brought on to actually run the whole show i think no but he he quit no. Right, well, he was. Gonna do I haven't read that. I haven't read that report. I think so. we talked about it on this pod that he left. I don't know. I talked I about him that being was signed, more... he, signing on. I talked. We talked about him signing on. I know that. I don't know if we talked about him quitting. Okay. Well, sorry. We'll have to figure this out off. Uh, okay. So update on December twelfth. So we missed this story a couple weeks ago, probably because I don't know Rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, that basically there was a report that the filming would that uh, Disney said that the filming would start June 2020. Oh, so that shows a ways off then. Yeah. yeah. So we're not getting anything until Mandalorian season two. Like we might actually. That's interesting. I feel like we might see Kenobi before we see Cassie and Andor. That's what I was thinking because I, I didn't think they even had like a director. So, um, yeah. And we know at least Deborah Chow is going to do Kenobi. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, we're probably not going to see anything until 2021 as far as another live action series. Um, 
I heard a rumor over the weekend about a possible mall series too. I don't know if you huh. have heard that, but um, I have not. I've been kind of disconnected. I've been so Rise of Skywalker focused and reading the visual design. Yeah. I've been kind of disconnected from the rumor mill for the last couple of weeks, but looking forward to reengaging. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there'll be more stuff, um, and we'll sort of see how they fill the gaps here. We've got um, the uh, you know Clone Wars season seven coming out soon, um, and then yeah, I guess we'll get uh, season two with Mandalore in um, in fall. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, but now we still have a lot to digest with the Rise of Skywalker. Um, we're gonna go, I think, into the Visual Dictionary next week. Um, don't hold me to that, but that's sort of the ten- the tentative plan right now because there's a lot of really interesting stuff they canonized there. Um, and uh, and then yeah, and then we'll just keep on soldiering on and see what comes out with the comics and books. And um, as uh, I'm sure they're gonna be coming fast and furious. Oh yeah, Star Wars is still alive and thriving post oh, the. Skywalker Saga. Yeah. The Golden Age continues into 2020. How weird is that? (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, next year. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. All right, so as always, um, thanks very much for listening, and uh, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.